So, yeah. ready to officially start? Should I clap? Let's do it. Yeah, do there the clap. Is. I've done the clap. <laughs> that means we have officially started season two, episode two, with the, the famous John Marcel Williams, who often gets confused for John Williams, the composer, and John Williams, the classical guitar player. So Which that's gotta helps like. a lot with the retainers, probably. Yes. Yeah, probably. <laughs> it's, it's very easy to get a draw. <laughs> the funniest thing is is when I'll go to a, a, a grocery store and, and they'll they'll see it, they'll be like, oh, John Williams, like the composer. And I'm just like, yeah. yeah. They're like, oh, you're a musician. You're like, yes. <laughs> yes, I am. And then the whole guitar thing. <laughs> I thought you were older. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> you just aged like a fine wine. There you go. Hey. There it is. So a uh, little, little bit of background. Um, I've known John roundaboutly for like 12 years now, a little bit before. Yeah. And then, uh, so it, it's, John, why don't you start by telling us a little bit about yourself, how you got started playing, uh, and then uh, we'll go kind of go from there. So what instrument do you play? No, I'm, just I'm, a, I'm a cellist. <laughs> uh, I, uh, yeah, I started, I think, uh, nine or ten. My sister, uh, had been playing. Um, and I don't know why I started. I mean, it's just like so far, so far back, I don't really remember. I just thought she was started teaching me. And, um, yeah, then I, I, she taught me for maybe a year or so. And then I started taking lessons at a, at a music school. I'm from Ohio. So, um, I, I just, uh, started taking lessons from a, a teacher at a local music center. Um, and then I think when I was 11 or 12, I started studying with a guy, uh, Tom Kikta at Duquesne. And then when I was 13, then I started uh, taking lessons with Steve Aaron. So that's how we, we sort of met. Yeah. And uh, so my Duquesne mom would drive me. That Duquesne, Fuck, that's ahead. in Pittsburgh, right? So yep. Were you going to Pittsburgh? Yeah, so I'm actually close to Pitt. I'm, 40, I'm from Steubenville, Ohio. Okay. Oh, I never heard of it. Yeah. Uh, I've at least heard of it. I mean. Yeah, I've heard of it. Dean Martin. It's famous yeah. for Dean Martin. Yeah. So I, uh, I, I was taking lessons there, um, and then I think I was 13 when I, um, you know, someone suggested uh, Steve Aaron, and my mom would would drive me like two and a half hours each way every week. Uh, up until I went to college um, to to Akron and, and or Oberlin, um, so yeah, and that's kind of how 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 we got to know each other. And you started. When did you start competing with everything? I mean, not to kind of like brush over all the steps there, but like that's kind of when we met is when you were in the competition circuit in the yeah. high school. Is that when you started competing? Like the high I school? think the first one I did, I was I was twelve. Uh, when the GFA. Um, when they used to just have one youth division, um, yeah, I was 12, and it was in Columbus, Georgia. Um, so, yeah, 12. Wow. And, and again, my mom would she, she would she would like drive me. She, we would drive, uh, you know, all across the country, and she was uh, really helpful with all that. But but actually, I, and then, you know, the reason I got uh, referred to Steve was. I was doing the Rentucci competition, I think, when I was 12 or 13, and uh, Mir Ali, who, who used to run it, um, referred Steve Aaron. So, so, yeah. Oh, very nice, very nice. So I didn't even know there was a connection there because Mir is in Buffalo, and that's yes. where I'm originally from. Right. Oh, I didn't. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I know Mir. I knew Mir before I moved to Ohio and met Steve. Like I didn't know they were connected until I was actually down here, and then I was like, oh wait. Really? It's like, you know him, and he's from Buffalo, and 
This is pretty crazy. It's just yeah. Jason's from Buffalo. Yeah, I know. That's, that, that, I found that out way after the fact. Like, yeah. You're kidding me. And the, referring to Jason Veal. Um, yeah. And Amir Lee is a big teacher up in Buffalo as well. He ran the Rantucci Festival, and uh, Steve used to participate. Is the Rantucci still going? I don't think so, no. Um, so, I with that start at 12, like by the time, if I'm remembering right, and you can, this may be apocryphal, so you can correct me uh, if I'm wrong, but by the time you came and recorded, like when I was living uh, in Akron, that was, you were like 16, and I think you've ranked up like $20,000 in prizes or something like that. Or, uh, I don't know the, 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 the cat, you know, but it, yeah, I was doing consistently like, it did seem like one competition after another. Yeah, it was a lot. It was a lot of competitions, uh, um, which was fun. It was kind of stressful at the same time. But um, yeah, it started. It started early, and and um, but yeah, I don't know the exact the exact uh, cash amount though. <laughs> I figured those were just the retainers. Yeah. <laughs> So with that, I mean, one of our first podcast episodes actually dealt with like talking about competitions. Is it good for guitar? Is it bad for music? And so on. Given your extensive experience with it, I mean, because that, I mean, good Lord. Are, are you, one, are you still competing? And two, what are your thoughts on that competition progress? Do you think it helped you? Did it hinder you? You know? Yeah, that's a great, yeah, that's a really interesting question. I mean, it definitely helped me um, in the sense that it made me serious early, like really early, or like I, I, th I think by the time I I was twelve, I was like, this is what I was gonna do, um, and it would you know push me to practice and and it helped me meet uh, teachers and 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 you know fellow colleagues like a lot of friends of mine who are you know um, kind of ex just exposed me to the whole world of classical guitar and 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 in that sense um, it was very helpful, but. You know, I do. I, I don't do competitions anymore. Um, I actually don't think I'm much of a, a competition player in the sense that, like, I get really nervous on stage uh, for the first, you know, ten minutes or something. And, um, but yeah, it, it's 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 difficult to answer. I mean, there's there's definitely a lot of benefits to competitions, but but uh, I found that they just kind of stress me out after a while and just just preparing for them and and. Uh, yeah, I haven't done competitions in a while, but um, yeah, w what are your thoughts? Uh, what do you, how, how do you feel about them? Well, we went like we kind of came to a, a couple of different conclusions. Is one of them is that they're very motivating. Like when mm -hmm. you're in it, you you just have to you it ends up being extremely focusing. For sure, right? You know that's a definite plus. You know you have this like potential goal, and the thing uh, like my experience with it was you know Steve was like you're in you're going to do this competition. You don't get, like, if you're in school with me, you're going to do this uh, the, mm. the Stroud competition. And uh, so it was like, you know, for the first couple of years, I, it was a miserable experience just because I knew I wasn't good enough to place anywhere. That was the first thing, you know. Uh, and the second thing is I, I would always dive bomb when I got up there. Like, the nerves would just destroy my playing. So it was really, like, it, the, the psychological game was a huge component of it. But... That being said, after a couple of years of exposure, the, the last time, or not the last time, but the, the time that I made it to the finals with that is when, you know, I, I practiced my ass off. And then the day before the competition, I was just like, screw this. This is not going to get any better than it is right now. And I just drank beer and played Battlefield all day. You know, just like an eight-hour yeah. stretch of video games. I'm like, 
tomorrow is going to be what it's going to be. There's nothing that's going to change that. And so I went in the next day, like the day of the competition and, you know, warmed up for like an hour or so and walked in and I played great, you know, and I'm like, okay, that's all I wanted. I just didn't want to yeah. go and just make an idiot of myself. That's all, <laughs> you know, and then I got the call. I was, I distinctly remember I was in line at Subway grabbing some dinner and Steve called me. He's like, Hey, you made it in You're You're in the finals. And I was like, Oh, I have a wedding I booked that day. This yeah. is going to be interesting. So the wedding was nothing but the competition set. You know, I'm like running it there before I get to... Uh, to and it was funny because it was like across the street from EJ type of thing. Or no, the wedding was in the falls and I got done with that and I drove to the uh, EJ to park to get into Gazetta, uh, which are two concert halls in Akron. And I'm there and then the bride and groom show up there to take photos outside of EJ. I'm like... Hey, yeah. going? what are you doing? Like, oh, there's photos. I'm like, great. Sorry, I can't come to your dinner. I'm going here. Right? Yeah, it, and it's a shame because wedding gigs are the one thing you can't cancel. Yeah, right. exactly. I was like, what do I do? And they wanted a specific song that their dad or, or the bride's dad wrote. So I literally, he was a guitar player, but he was, wasn't like classically orientated. So I had to sit, like I sat You can't there. play the composition set piece for that. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like yeah. I sat there and transcribed his entire like solo guitar thing that he came up with. And that was like the one piece I couldn't ditch out of the, yeah. the other ones. I'm just like, okay, no yeah. canon D, we're going with this. We're going with it. And it wasn't a competition kind of piece that you could. Yeah. No, no, not at all. <laughs> yeah. It was not going to go over well with that. So, and that, uh, so that was my experience. So I think like overall, if you can handle the psychological stress of it, it they're very beneficial and in, in focusing and getting a lot out of it. And you end up getting to a level of detail that without that extra pressure, you're not going to really do. Yeah. Um, but the, the counterpoint of that is the obscene amount of pressure. How do you judge art in a objective way consistently? And like, is this going to actually grow you as a musician ultimately? And what, and I would say yes, ultimately, yeah. If you can push through that, absolutely. It's a huge boon to your artistic career and just your methodology of practice and so on. But counterpoint is like, it's a hell of a lot of pressure. Like when I walked out on that final stage, I was like, oh my God, the amount mm -hmm. of weight that you feel because it's like one missed note. And I'm kissing thousands of dollars potentially goodbye. You know, it's like that that the that that train of thought was there. And I mean, I did, but the first note, of course, I shanked it because my nerves totally. It's like, well, second place is there. There's always second place, right? You know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so I just kind of like went on. What and it went all right. It's a hard word for world for me to relate to. I think. Yeah, it's. Being the improviser that you are with the jazz. I, I, well, I think yeah. it's a little probably easier to judge classical pieces in a sense right because especially if they're the same pieces yeah you could you could have some kind of impression of them um but it's still subjective generally very unless, it's very subjective unless yeah. there's some kind of uh you know major clams or just somebody didn't work it out or they it's just, just had, or, had a very, or they had like a mechanical way of playing it or something and somebody was more artistic and then again th there's trends where people like the more mechanical than the whatever that's that's all subjective right but in improvisation, like they do have jazz competitions and stuff, but it's mm. sort of a, it's like, well, where do you draw the line there? Because now you're talking about two different, totally two different, and they might not be the same song. And even if they're the same song, they could be completely worldly different. They could even be different, you know, harmonically and all kinds of things. There's so many things you can do with it. And you don't know what the judges like. Uh, yeah. Even in classical, you never know what the what the what the jury um, 
you know, if they're looking for a technical player, if they're looking for, you know, it, right. it varies. I, I would imagine, yeah, even more so in the in the improv kind of thing. But 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 I get it. I get it from like a what else are you supposed to do in these really obscure sort of fields, right? Where it's like you need you need yeah. to get some kind of recognition. And one great yeah. place to network and get that recognition is in these locations, right? And yeah, even just I mean, participating gives you that. Sorry, continue. Yeah. It, it's definitely better when you. I definitely liked them when I when I won them. Yeah, sure. <laughs> <laughs> um, that works. But, you know, yeah, I mean, it, there is there is just a lot of pressure, and 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 uh, you know, for me, it was like even just like. If, it got to the point where it's like if I didn't make finals, it was like a huge like it was it would be a, you know we just I think I did GFA three or four years and I I got uh, I never got first I always got like either second I think I got second twice and fourth and um, and then it's like one I think one year I got second and the next year I think I got third and then it's like oh like yeah, right. well you know what's that but yeah I I. I it's a lot of pressure, um, and I do wonder how. Yeah, they're definitely helpful. They they, they help um, they help motivate you. They they give you this exposure, um, but I don't think they're 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 very subjective, and I don't think they're as necessary or, or for a career as they used to be. Um, meaning, like if you if you win the GFA now, um, or you know, for example, like I think there's a lot more. You can do to build a career, you know, just because of social media and 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 um, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's <laughs> well, it's, I guess it's a so, tough... so maybe specifically, have you seen doors opened for you, or is it sort of hard to see? Yes, it definitely helped. I, like doors open mostly because I, I I met I met a lot of the teachers and like Jason when I would go to festivals and I would meet these that that, that you know later on and and. Um, and, you know, just seeing the competition, I think, uh, yeah, yeah. When, when, when you put your name out there and like opportunities open and you, you get in contact with, you know, the big names in the, in the guitar world. So it's, it's definitely a great way to, to sort of, um, just get to know the scene better, um, regardless of, of, you know, if you're winning or not. So I, I definitely think they have a lot of, of, of. Value, especially if you win and that, and then you get you know they help with you know get you concerts and, and stuff mm -hmm. like that so it can definitely be a a, a very um, career defining experience um, but yeah you know it's uh, it's touchy it's because they are they they're also very subjective subjective and the pressure you know sometimes I I felt like during that age it was always like. I was always just thinking about the next competition. So it's like one would end, and then it's like, even if I would win one, I would be be like stressing out about the next one already. And yeah, and right. I think that's kind of, I don't miss that part of it for sure. Sure. Mm. Uh, yeah. So that was, that was going to be one of my questions: is just like, did you find that 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 continued exposure to the competition kind of normalized that pressure? But it sounded like it didn't. It sounded like it was just like one, not anxiety ridden, but it's like one other. <sighs> pressure on top of another on top of another type in some ways yeah in some ways it was kind of like like it started to become that way um it, it, it was it was a lot of pressure but 
you know, I'm happy I did them. Like, uh, again, because I, I think, I don't know, who knows if I would have, you know, it definitely, like, made me, because I'm very motivated by, like, uh, you know, I would hate it if I, if I didn't make finals or something. I would, it would, you know, I would practice double for the next one or something like that. So it, was, it, it definitely pushed me, but, um, yeah, I think, uh, yeah. It's it's very it's very tough because it's it, it's yeah. it depends on the person too because some people um, like I said I don't think I'm a competition kind of player because a lot like I get very when I'm on stage even if I'm just playing a, a concert it's not a competition for the first ten minute ten minutes my hands are you know I'm a little tense I have to I have to warm up for that and and when you're in a competition it's like you you have to be locked yeah, you, you in have from, 10 from minutes the first yeah. Yeah, yeah yeah exactly and that that was that was one of the things that you know. Um, you know things sure. like that, um, but yeah, I just remember like they would always announce results at the you know usually typically like for the next rounds uh, at the festivals they'll be like you know a different concert every night and then they'll announce the finalists or semifinalists uh, at the intermission and I I can still remember just like those jitters of just like waiting waiting till intermission wait when are they going to announce and then um, right yeah. A lot of uh, a lot of ups and downs. I mean, like winning win, winning them felt great, but yeah. Um, but yeah. Well, I guess I, I'm very happy I did them, but I I don't know. I don't miss them. If that makes sense, it's kind of weird. Yeah, that makes complete sense. I mean, it, yeah. it's one of those things that you had the opportunity to do them, and you put everything into them, and they were great and formative. But if you like, is that a preferred way right now? Nope. That, yeah. It's like, no, not at all. Um, so wait, can uh, I get butt in for a second? Just sure. Since yeah. you guys know each other better than I know you, John, and probably than some of the listeners too, like, can you level set us a little bit? Like, what are you up to now? Like, what's your, what's your goals, passions, all those kind of things? Like, what are you, what are you working yeah. towards? What are you working on? What have you maybe recently done or whatever? Yeah. So actually a lot of, a lot of stuff lately. So I, I just graduated from uh, the Curtis Institute in Philly, um, and actually that was the the closest thing that felt like a competition to me because that's it's a very uh, selective school, so they, and the, sure. the whole audition procedure was like really. And it's only like a hundred people at the school, something like that. Yeah, and it's it, it's kind of it's like kind of like a competition, you know, the way it's it's, it's structured to get in, um, but it it. Uh, it's given me so many opportunities. So I just, I, I graduated there in May of 2021. Um, and then I, I, I'm I just, the guy at this uh, Rowan University, Joseph Mays, he retired. Um, and then that job opened up and I, I got the job. So I'm, I, I'm an adjunct uh, teaching, which is a huge part of what I do now. I love to teach. Um, so that was just great timing. <laughs> because yeah, like sure. you know because i love philly I, I i'm in philadelphia i love philly I, I don't plan on leaving like my girlfriend's doing a phd um so i i teach i have a private studio i teach at this university um i what, play what solo university was that again rowan, rowan university in new okay. jersey it's about half an hour drive from philly okay um and I'm also in this new quartet, uh, New York City Guitar Quartet, with uh, um, 
three other outstanding guitarists. And so I've got that going on. Really busy, but uh, yeah, some fun stuff coming. Awesome. Yeah. yeah. Hey, now, have you? Um, I know we recorded that album way back when. Did you ever release anything with that? And then, have you ever released anything after that? I've used those recordings uh, several times. Um, not like releasing it, just as like a representation. Okay. Um, yeah, they were actually. I I, I went back and and and. I hadn't listened to it in a while, and, and, and I listened, and I'm like, wow, my fingers used to... I noticed I did, like... It's funny, because I didn't, like, practice... I never used to do technique before I studied with uh, Manuel and at Peabody, where I, went, I did my undergrad. And I noticed that when I was younger, like, I, I didn't have to keep up my scales and everything as much. I'm like, wow, I had fast fingers back then. <laughs> um, but... Uh, Youth. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, I, I yeah. So I was just cool listening back to those recordings, and I remember recording up in in, in your yeah that in the like attic. attic space. That, yeah, like, was just amazing in that. Yeah, it was. It was unbelievable. It was so good. I mean, and I, I just from my end as a, like doing the engineering and the production on that, I was like, you know, this this kid comes in and nails the acrowell, and I'm like, yeah, those strings are a little scratchy. Can you like yeah. change them out and come back? And so you came back that like the next day, played the whole set like one take and i'm just like why the hell do i even bother what why am i here you know it, it made me question practicing and everything else in my life but no it was great you know well it, you were great i mean you made you went like above and beyond just like helping out with all the the, the mastering and everything and well, it was um, i enjoy doing that so and well, that's actually i mean i i do i've done recordings you know you know i was just recording at you i i do want to have like put out um, an album at some point, you know, just like a, a solo. Just you don't make any money from albums these days, but it, no. it, it's you know, just to have, uh, you know, as a professional career move. But um, I'm looking into getting into recording, and I would like to. I would ideally, I would like to have a home setup where I wouldn't have to. Because again, I, I actually recording is similar. Um, it puts you in a similar sort of mindset is like performing on stage it, it raises that sort of uh oh, bit of tension and or and nerve and it's i i don't i don't want to be on the clock or anything when i'm recording the album so um i have been considering you know if i should uh i, I do want to i do want to put out a new recording and I, i'm considering if i should you know record it myself and then just have someone master it and edit it and stuff like that um but that's a world i know i i don't know much about it seems like it's so intimidating just like even the gear and and everything involved so yeah, i don't know there's a lot to it but at the same time it's like one of those things where you can read up a bunch and there's so many different options and then mm -hmm. you just pick it and do it that's basically it you know it's like uh talk to guys that do it a lot um i know that uh neil zaza was a, a huge help for me in picking equipment and at bounce and stuff because the guy like constantly was recording and he had his own studio. Mm -hmm. So, uh, what microphone, what interface, what this, what software, what this, you know, da, 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 da. any questions I'd, I'd bounce off of. It's just well, the way it is. And most of the time, most of the guys that do this love talking about it. So, they're not going to be I've like, noticed. Oh, yeah, no, 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 no. I, I can't be bothered. It's like, nope, they're going to be like, oh, yeah, yeah. give you too much information almost. And then they'll, they'll, they'll also like disagree with you. They're like, oh, he told you to get that. Scott. No, 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 you don't want that. You want this yeah. one. Yeah. yeah, everybody's got their favorite poison, you know, with this. And yeah. the next thing is, is if you know, the, fundamentally, is if it works and you're getting the sound that you want, then that's it. That's yeah. It. 
that, that seals it. You know, you don't necessarily need the, the next greatest thing. You know, plus uh, with audio work, it's always a matter of if my computer is running and everything is fine, never update. Everything just stays as it is because one update can wreck your entire system. You know, it's getting better though. It's not as bad as it used to be. It's not as bad as it used to be, but it still is like, but right now with the the Macs and everything going to the Apple Silicon and everything, it's like everybody's waiting for all the software and everything. So I have one of those. Is that is that an issue? Clearly uh, an issue. Like they're 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 catching up to it, but not everything is completely native on it just yet. Uh, yeah, yeah, it's all a, through. Just having a Mac is the issue, probably. <laughs> He's uh, an Apple fan. Oh, God, is this guy a PC? <laughs> so we go back and forth all the time. Yeah. No, it's uh, all good. But, yeah, it's a, it's a great experience. So I, I want to pick on something that you mentioned because we didn't go down that. So you were at Peabody. Yes. And it was just Barwaco, or did you do anything with Julian Gray? Uh, just Barwaco. Um, I did my undergrad and master's there. Yeah. So can I be uh, that? little fanboy guy and be like what was that like <laughs> oh yeah i mean he's he's amazing um yeah very uh you know super picky about you know all the i mean just don't like like you know if you would play something and, and you would have a you know your your tone was off for one note or something you know he's like really kind of whipping into shape with 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 uh, a lot of the technique and um one of the things is the the other amazing thing is just some of the other people in the studio, you know, Meng Su and Patrice Chiku and all these just um, that's what I really started practicing <laughs> really hard because I, I would, you know, you think you're good and then you hear Meng Su and then he was just an incredible player. And, um, and yeah, I mean, Peabody was, it was uh, Manuel's, he's amazing. I, I, I learned so much from him. Just especially just like, you know, how to deal with tension and, 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 you know, the mechanics of the hands and, you know, he's a legend, so. So, so what he, do you think it is uh, at that level? Did, did you get any insight, you know, the, the players you've been around now, you've been at some illustrious schools around illustrious teachers, um, and you're illustrious player yourself for that matter. So what, what do you think it takes to get there and like, any insights you found, and was it? Um, yeah, I don't know. I guess. Well, yeah, it obviously practice, but but right. but. Um, I learned a lot from. I, I would. Uh, I would ask Meng Su all the time, just how do you practice? And I would just I would I I got obsessed with just like, building my technique. So I I, I would just like try to, you know see what warm-up she did and 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 then i you know some of the other players and um I, it's different for everyone because some people you know some people don't do technique they just have this natural natural i mean I, there was a, a wide variety of, of of players but um yeah i think sometimes when i look when i think of like everything that i've i've been playing guitar like almost 20 years now and i i think just a lot of it was just learning how to practice, if that makes sense. Because there's, yeah. there's, that's, uh, you know, practicing the right way, you know, mm -hmm. slow practicing and, and um, making sure you're careful with all your movements and you're using all these efficient fingerings and everything. It's, it's, you can muscle your way through, through, through something and eventually you'll get it, but you can cut that down to a fraction of the time. I mean, you can, you can master a tricky spot in a fraction of the time if you just practice it the right way. And and I and I think 
I mean, it's a just not to simplify it too much, but a lot, so much of what I've, I've learned is just refining how I, you know, practice um, and, and yeah. spend my time because, yeah. So what would be an example? Of, is, well, first of all, could you give us an example of something like that? Like compared to like where you were before and then you, you got this insight of how to practice and what specifically changed in something? Yeah, I think I, I started, uh, well, it's, I went through like a, a technique phase where I started just drilling things on the scale, like just drilling scales and arpeggios and, and all, but, and that helped, but, but, but mostly, I mean, Barwicka was just huge on pushing slow practice and, and just making sure that, that you know what every finger is doing, like that, you know, like, you know, I, I should be able to play the entire piece with just the right hand, like no left hand, just knowing, like having a plan for every finger and, 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 yeah. and, um, and then if you, you know, if you have a, a shift that's causing you problems, just how to break it down and isolate sections and, 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 and really just, um, most, most problems, uh, technical problems arise just from tension and, and there's, you can deal with that tension by, by, um, really training the like if you you have to teach the fingers uh he would always say like you have to teach the fingers what to do you can't just expect them to do it so you have to that's where the slow practice comes in because when you're slow yeah. you're able to like really analyze what the, what the fingers are doing and, and make sure that all the movements are as efficient as possible and and you know things like that um, it's, it's funny you mentioned slow the, practices yeah go ahead i was gonna say that the best teachers i've ever they were the best technical players too they're just like you wouldn't believe how slow i practice right it's like 30 no beats per minute or slow. whatever and it's just like yeah it's boring painfully slow but it's boring you yeah. tackle like the main issues right it's like you yeah you get right to the heart of the problem and you can actually fix it and i think the thing is with slow practice is is, is you're you're actually saving time right, right. because you'll fix the you, uh, the whole idea behind it is it, it is if you know if you're muscling your way through something or if it's if you're playing it wrong um you're just practicing it wrong where it's it's pretty amazing how if you just slow something down and and uh make sure that you're in total control of everything how right. much faster you can you can you can you can fix problems but yeah it, it, it is uh i don't slow practice as much as i should these days like right because it's painful you know, I mean, yeah yeah same yeah i'm not uh, you know but uh, it is painful. But <laughs> I, I, that's encouraging because that's one of the things that I always tell my students: it's like you have to slow it down. You have oh to yeah, they don't want to. On, and no, no, but, it, but it's way slower than you think too, right? It's like yeah. oh yeah. Like, yeah it's the, what they slow. say, you'll say slow, and they'll come back, and you're like, that's not slow. Yeah. <laughs> I, I had a student once in tears because I was like, that's not any slower than I. Like I said, slow down, and you literally played at the same tempo for the last five times that I've asked you to slow down. Yeah, when they find out what slow, what you really mean by slow, generally they're like, oh. I'm like, if you don't feel like it's absolutely dragging to you, yeah, I'm not going to hear it any slower. Because yeah. I'm not you, so I'm on the outside here, and I'm judging by the tempo that I'm hearing. And you might slow it down like a beat or two a minute. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I want it like half the tempo of what you're playing right now. At so least. Drag it. <laughs> like, make it painful to hear, and then you'll be able to control the things. That was one of the things I, I specifically remember. Yeah. For the and it, yeah. And I think it depends, too, on, on, the, on the student. I mean, if you're, if you're going to be a professional guitar player, and, and like, when I teach, you know, I have, I have some students who, you know, Especially, you know, someone older who's just picking it up for fun. It's like you don't want to take. Yeah. You can't expect them to 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 to, 
you know, make it miserable. So, you know, it, yeah. slow practicing, it's like, it can be extremely, I mean, it's the only thing I know works for sure, for sure. <laughs> but, um, yeah, you know, it, it does, I can understand why, why students are, are, are so, you know, resistant to it, but, uh, yeah. Oh yeah. It's a resistant thing because when the slower you go, the less the melodic content can interact with you. Like, you know, yeah. it, you lose the, the melody in one sense. You can totally. It, and that, uh, that makes it, it's like you play music because you generally enjoy the piece you're playing. Like it's rare that I, I, I pick something that I didn't like. And that was usually like, honestly, that was usually when the teacher would be like, I want you to play this piece. And I'm like, really? Like, mm. Really? <laughs> and I, have to, I don't care what you think play the piece. All right. Yeah. And so that made it painful. But like, you know, I, I told my, I, I usually tell the story of like, when I was practicing the Allegro from 998, you know, it's like two and a half minutes at tempo, if I don't do the repeat for the B section. And then when I was practicing it for the competition, I would set that metronome to 40 beats a minute for the 16th note. Mm -hmm. 45 minutes to get through that entire thing. Yeah. And I'm like that, but I'll tell you what, when I went out there and actually performed it, Stone Cold, like, boom, I felt great about it. So that time spent in diligently looking at every aspect made a huge difference with that. Mm -hmm. And I'm not saying they have to do that with every piece, but I'm saying that if you're struggling even a little bit, the brakes need to come on. Just put the yeah. brakes on, and you'll find yourself interacting with it a lot more because you give your – like, it, we all have a brain, but sometimes you need to slow down so it can catch up with what your hands are doing. Well, you, you, you brought up an interesting point. You said, like, it can – when you play it so slow, it breaks up the whole idea you have of a piece and you know how it should how it should go. But sometimes that's actually, I think, um, what makes it so because it that a lot of times it's it's very difficult to play something slow because you, we, we you rely we rely too much on on muscle memory and stuff like that. Like our fingers just want to do something. When you have to break it down so slow that they have to think about what they're doing then it's like you're really training them. And it, it, sometimes it's actually difficult. If you ask someone to play something slow, it could suddenly cause them all kinds of memory problems. And, yeah. and, 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 and yeah. Um, yeah. I saw somebody have a breakdown in a master class once. Uh, forget who was teaching them, but they were asking them, they're like, that's great. Can you play it at half tempo? And like, it was just, Start, stop, stop. What's stop, the first forget. note again? Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. You know, and uh, granted, it's a master class. There was already a little bit more pressure on them than in a, in a practice or a one-on-one -on -one session. But still, the point was made that it's like, well, if you don't, if you can't practice it slow, there's no point in playing it fast all the time. Mm. Like that's like hoping to run and jump and make it every single time. Like, yeah, eventually you'll get it. Like you know, eventually you can. You know, you can, you can, you can teach them to, but. I think the key for slow practice too is making sure that you're doing like just because you're playing slow, you still have to be doing all the musical decisions that you would be when you're playing it fast. So like everything, um, you know, the same dynamics, articulation, like you're paying attention to every detail you would, and that's where it's like really. That's why I think it's it can be exhausting playing it slow because it's 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 it takes a lot of concentration. Like it's not just playing it slow. It's like. Uh, do everything you're going to do musically. You practice it in slow, and that's the, the that's really the key, I think, um, so that you're just in total control of everything. But yeah, yeah slow practice is slow practice was uh, uh, is is. I mean, I seriously, I don't do it 
nearly as much as I, 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 I always tell my students to do, but I find I don't do it as much as I used to. Um, but uh, also I just expect though for hard. So there's hard parts though, right? If, that you yes, a piece of I, music and you're like, totally. all right, here we go. We're going to have to do this thing. Yeah. I know, I know what I'm doing for the next five hours. Right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And sometimes I can find uh, some, in, it, it can be almost like meditative, just like really like watching the, watching the, the, like paying super close attention and, and, and yeah, sometimes I don't mind it. But um, one thing I, I got really into that was like metronome practice because I loved, I, I never used the metronome and, and he always like pushed me to you know, practice with a metronome. And I, I find myself like I would get addicted to like putting it on the, putting things on the metronome. And then like, you know, you, when you take them up in tempo, it would, it would help, you know, set goals and like, oh, I have to, this is where I'm at. And like, what do I have to do to, to, to get it to that next thing? Okay, well, like, where am I having problems? Oh, I'm having problems here. So what am I doing wrong here? And like forcing you to, to figure out, is this the best way to move the fingers? And, and yeah. um, so metronome was, was helpful too. Um, but that's all the sort of the technical thing for, from, from a musical uh, standpoint, just, I would listen just to lots of, lots of music. And I think, um, yeah. Not in non-guitar music, like he he would always encourage us to listen to, to you know, just piano, orchestral music, and just all the great uh, all the great stuff we can't play on guitar. <laughs> no kidding. Yes, it's, 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 thanks, Beethoven. It's, yeah, I mean, if it wasn't for Bach, I would probably. Yeah. No, no, I I, I find myself consistently drawn to playing Bach on guitar. I, I just love it. It's it's incredible. It's just yeah, and it's like Mozart and Beethoven. The, the Brahms are all. It's a, it's just a shame we can't play them. But uh, at least we have Bach. At least we can play Bach. So, yeah. Um, but yeah. So with the the Peabody was with Barwaco, and then at Curtis was it just Jason, or how did that work? Yeah, so it's a little unique at Curtis because you study with uh, both teachers. So. Um, they'll each come in about twice a month. So every week you're having a lesson and they try to alternate. Okay. Um, and actually it, 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 so it's with Jason VO and David Starabin. Uh, Jason VO also teaches at CIM and Cleveland Institute and David teaches at uh, Manhattan School of Music in New York. Um, and they were both very, very different. Um, but it worked out really well because I mean, especially for I think the point I was in my sort of uh, my career, you know, I was, I think I started when I was, I guess I started when I was at 24s and they were, they were great at just uh, very open mind. Like they would, it was, it was more like they were just, you know, sharing, maybe try doing this and they were, you know, they, they both had their own strengths. And um, I mean, Jason's just maybe the most well-rounded uh, classical guitarist that I know, I mean, he just knows, you know, he could fluent in jazz and all this. I mean, he, Jason's just a brilliant, brilliant, uh, uh, guy. And, and, and David is, knows all this new music. Um, he's super into contemporary music and I don't know, they were both just totally different teachers, but it never felt like they were contradicting. I mean, generally we would work on certain stuff with one of the teachers and certain stuff with the other teacher. But, um, yeah, it was, it was, uh, yeah, it was awesome. That's cool. 
And then yeah. you got done with that. You stepped in, you know, the position at Rowan opened right up. And so you, you have that. You have the big teaching studio and so on. Um, in terms of, like, the guitar quartet. So are you guys, now that thing, well, they were kind of opening up in New York City. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> it's kind of going back and forth there. Yeah. Uh, with, with every, that's the way it is everywhere right now. Um, yeah. Yeah, I have a... We have, so we just, we started the quartet uh, this summer. Um, so it's me and uh, a friend, Tom Clippinger, who also went to Peabody. Uh, and then there's uh, Jordan, Jordan Dotson, who went to Curtis. Um, and Phil Goldenberg. Um, so, yeah, we, we, we started, we're all kind of in the New York area. So we're like, oh, it's just called the, the New York Guitar Quartet. So, because um, they both live in New York and, and Tom's moving there and I'm in Philly, which is close by. But sure. yeah, we started this quartet. We play a lot of, a lot of new music. We're having our first official concerts in Wilmington for the Wilmington Guitar Society on, I think, third, third week of February. So, I mean, we'll see, because now it's, uh, uh, right. you know. I have I have a solo concert for the Philly Guitar Society two weeks before, so a lot to juggle right now. But um, yeah, the quartet I think has a lot of potential and, and uh, just yeah, it's going to be exciting. So with the uh, with the solo concert and the, that quartet at the same time, at how do you manage your practicing for all of that? I have no idea. We're going to find out. <laughs> we're we're going to see. It's, it's, uh, <laughs> It's about to be crunch time. Um, yeah. yeah, that's gonna be yeah because we're we you know we're gonna be rehearsing. Um, yeah, it's, it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting, but uh, slow practice. <laughs> so, are, have you been doing uh, like solo tours too? Or are you working? Well, I mean, COVID is without. Uh, yeah. I guess yeah. I guess is that part of the plan? Uh, or yeah, eventually, ideally, I mean, um, you know, I would play occasional solo. I mean, these days it's. Um, it's harder and harder to have just a, a performing career. I don't think they really, you know, you have to teach, um, which I love actually. You know, I, I just started getting into teaching like a few years ago, and it's I, I, I love it. Um, but yeah, I, I, I hope when, uh, you know, the COVID thing finally dies down that, you know, I'll be performing more. So we'll see. I'm still not sure this one. In, February is going to happen. It would really suck if I put in all this work and then, yeah, get exactly. Things. Yeah, that's but also just the online concert thing. It's I did some of those and it, I, it's just it's not the I'm same. It's a, yeah, no. it's a little disheartening sometimes. Yeah, me. I don't even want to listen to them, let alone you know play one. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. It's uh, yeah, yeah. we've done them too. <laughs> yep. Yeah, for for a while I think they were like it was working, but I think everyone's like kind of like uh. Fried, <laughs> fried with the online concerts because yeah. you know you, you can just watch the same thing on on, on YouTube. You know? Exactly. It's, so I you know the sooner live performances come back. I I, I did play a uh, I played once during the pandemic. I played a, a concert with a flutist in Virginia, um, and it was a it was a pretty. Bizarre because I was wearing a mask when I was because it was for a live audience and every you know everyone. This sure. is like November of twenty twenty, so it was, um, it was hard playing with a mask on. It was like so weird. Like oh, yeah, I've done a few like, since we've been doing it. Yeah, yeah. I've got a big nose, so like the mask kept like popping off, and I'm like, <laughs> <right>. trying to like, 
Um, it's the mask and the glasses, you know. It's, yeah. It's fogging up, that's one thing. But then. Oh, that's what I've heard. Yeah, the fogging. Yeah. It's worse now that I got like progressive lenses because it throws off the angle where it's like if they're up close to my face or like close to the eyes where they normally sit, it's fine because then I can look down and all the music comes into focus. But if I pull them out further, it changes where my eyes would see to see the focus because it changes like from distance to close depending on where I'm looking through them. So putting on top of the mask moves that. So I'm like, double. I've had students like, yeah, with the like, say the same oh thing. Oh my gosh, this is, it's like throwing an extra thing on top of everything else you have to do to perform it's like okay now i can't even just see memorize it man yeah, yeah well I, it, would, I, it would it would i was like getting up in the fingers <laughs> and obviously i never pra like i never i wasn't practicing with the yeah. mask on it was just like we just had a re uh rehearsal and the flutist of course wasn't wearing a mask <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> but but uh it was kind of like i went on stage and i was like this is like i should have practiced with this because it was causing me all kinds of problems so anyway um, yeah, I can't, I mean, I, I can't wait to, 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 to start performing again. I, I imagine, I, I did play a, like, solo play, I played this house concert, uh, just in Philly, and even just playing for a small group of people, it's just a totally different feeling, it was, like, so, such a refreshing feeling, just having a live audience there, and, oh, yeah. and, and yep. yeah, so, um, so yeah. do you, uh, specialize in anything in particular like are you more modern or old or is there is it, do you like everything is it just the i like everything of, is it the nature of just the business now that you have to be good at everything or do you try to specialize i mean my fit my favorite stuff is is probably like bach and baroque music and yeah. uh but i i like um i've come to terms you know I, there was, I went through a period where i i I was you know, looking at the guitar repertoire and like, oh, I wish we had all these uh, composers who didn't write for guitar. But no, I think I I, I try to play, um, you know, a, a, a variety of, of, of stuff. I'm not I'm not super into the, the contemporary scene, but my the quartet, um, the other guys, they're all about. So it's probably going to be a lot of contemporary music. So it's right. uh, it's it's a different. Um, I'm getting more into it as I as I sort of uh, go just be a lot of it because of the, this quartet and you know we're commissioning pieces and um, some of it gets pretty yeah, so, so how does that work out does the you're getting pieces commissioned or is there is there a lot of repertoire for four guitars or like what are you guys doing are you doing the arrangement anybody or is what's happening there yeah uh, eventually yeah eventually we'll probably do some, some of the arrangement like I said we're we're currently well. I was talking to Adam earlier. We're playing this uh, Philip Glass uh, string quartet that sounds really good on guitar, um, and then we're playing this piece. And it just uh, happens to line up. <laughs> it, yeah, it actually works. Yeah, yeah, it works very, very well. I mean, there's a lot of uh, a lot of. The, I don't think there's too much written for a guitar quartet. So right. like LGQ, they you know they're amazing, but they they're just. You know doing all this arranging um but yeah i think we are going to try to to commission a lot of a lot of pieces and and you know hopefully um expand the repertoire but yeah yeah there, there's there's stuff out there um yeah but, i mean yeah the lagq kind of but they're they push the envelope with everything so yeah they push the envelope but they they do a lot well andrew york composed but they they, they they're brilliant arrangers and and um 
uh, we'll, we'll, we'll definitely probably get into arranging, um, but uh, but probably more so like commissioning commissioning pieces to just you know new works written for the guitar. Um, so yeah, Which, we're playing. A, we're actually playing a quartet by Sergio Assad. The, oh, uh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. Nice. That's, that's, so. I've never played through any of his works end to end, mainly because like most of them are completely virtuosic, and I'm like, I don't know if I want to dedicate this much time to get one page of music set. You know, <laughs> but I did. The interesting thing that I found is when you get these guys at that level, like him, Dean's, you know, all those incredible composer players, it's idiosyncratic to the instrument. I mean, it's hard, but it's comfortable. Like, mm -hmm. it's exactly. Like I was gonna say the same thing. Like Sergio, you can tell he's a guitarist, like from the way he writes. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah. like uh, it, it's remarkable to me to be like, who? How do you think like that on the guitar? Yeah, just such a the, the mind. Like, it's crazy. His music is hard as hell, but it's like especially the aquarelle, but it's also like written very well for the guitar. Like you, like it was clearly, um, you, you know, you can tell when 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 you're writing when you know, a composer is comfortable with the instrument or oh, if it's, sure. if, if they're just writing it, cause they just, um, yeah. Yeah. It's like Bach is hard because it's not written for guitar. So mm -hmm. you're always getting a transcription. There's leaps and things that you need to be able to do on the guitar to express those things that are not guitar friendly, like really crazy stretches sometimes and just weird fingerings. And it's the only way to solve that problem. Mm -hmm. Whereas as difficult as the Assad's and Dean's music is, it's like, oh, this is actually really comfortable to play. So, which was shocking to me when I was like re doing a read through, I was like, oh, this is nowhere. I was expecting it to be like, I need to get my foot in there. Totally. And some of the stuff and I was like, oh, this works out really well. And I, I, particularly the Aquarelle, because I remember doing the recording sessions for that. I was like, yeah, I don't think I'm going to be trying that anytime soon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's kind of a great piece, but man, that is a crazy amount of lifting. Yeah. Viola almost too. Well, he, did he play guitar? Because his music, it, it sounds much more difficult than it is. It, it, yeah. It, it actually fits up. But I don't know. It, 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 did, did he play guitar? I'm, I'm not sure. I'm almost 100% he did. Yeah, uh, yeah. This might be an apocryphal story. I, I'm clearly using that word a lot. Well, twice <laughs> conversation. I think anyway, he met for the year. Yeah. <laughs> I've hit the. And it's, it's all right, sweet. I've got it. But that's where I'll throw it into. <laughs> all right. So there was a. I guess there was a party, and Bill Lobos was there, and Segovia was there, and he presented Segovia the music to his etudes. And Segovia is like, yeah, this is impossible. And Villalobos was like, well, no, it's not. And he's like, Yes, it is. And he was like, no, it's not. And he grabbed a guitar and played it for him. <laughs> Segovia got all pissed off. You know, oh, back in a class that somebody was like, I'm not sure if it's true. And it's probably not. You know, it's like the whole, well, Michael Jackson came over to use my bathroom once. You know, yeah. it's like, oh, no, I don't think that's exactly how it went. But uh, um, no, I believe it. Well, I, yeah, I mean, that's that's interesting if that's, if that's true. But yeah, I mean, you, you hear some of this and you're like, oh, that must be so hard. And then, you're like, oh, he's just using the same. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's like I got a... Oh, eight playing eight to one by him. Yeah, it's like it's not super. It sounds that, and that's one of my composition professors said that he's like, you know, virtuosity doesn't have to be difficult. It can mm -hmm. sound difficult, totally. but it doesn't have to be difficult to play. And he's like, that's the sign of a great composer is that it can sound like, oh my gosh, how the heck are you pulling it off? But an execution is like, oh, this actually sits well. It's not that it's easy. 
but yeah still, I, I think there's a I, we all know those like guitar tricks too right that they sound everybody's wowed by them but we're all like that wasn't it's not really hard to do uh, right? yeah it's like yeah. Oh. the f major yeah. well people know that's hard right yeah. yeah they think it's hard at least the intermediate guitar players. there was a meme where it had like some guy trying guitar and it says a minor and he's smiling and it's c and he's smiling and it's f and the guitar is broken to the side and walking yeah. Away. Yeah. Like, yeah that that's the bar chord here it is yeah. we gotta like so. tapping even like tremolo and stuff like that some of those things are oh, tr- relatively our, our classical tremolo is <sighs> People That's think it's the, the greatest Don't thing Don't get ever. me started on. Well, yeah. no, on classical, it's really hard. It's actually like, to have a good tremolo is like, it's the hard. But but you, you play a lot of, um, do you play a lot of jazz or, or, or yeah. You, yeah. do you use a pick when you play? Yeah, usually. Oh, yeah. But, jazz. but more hybrid picky stuff. And I did study classical for a I'm like bit. loving the pick. I don't oh, know yeah. what I've been missing my whole life because I'm just like starting to use, like, oh, yeah, it is so, so much fun. Um, but yeah, 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 I know what you mean. Like, there's of course there's all these things that people sometimes like, just like Roski autos and stuff. People like right. the, the the stuff that people think is the hardest. It's actually like a lot of times it's the yeah. easiest, I guess. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Or, or even like harmonics hard. or something, right? You hit a harmonic, oh, yeah, yeah. people are like, oh. yeah. yeah. But you're like, what the? Thank you. But <laughs> it's not as <laughs> yeah. it's not as hard as you think. Yeah. Pay yeah, no right. attention to the man behind the curtain. Sorry. Okay. Yeah. Be wowed by this little thing. Okay. And I'm the, yeah. I should, have, I should have been careful with the tremolo comment. I know you guys... No, 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 no. Tremolo is just like... I don't know. Maybe it's just... Me. I think it's like the... It stresses me out more than anything. It's like tre- oh, tremolo. Sure. It's like... Because cause it's like... I find like I'll, I'll work it up. I'll work it up. And then I it's like... I put all this work and then I, it's like, okay, I have a good tremolo. And then I let it go yeah. for a couple months. And then it's like I'm learning the technique again. It's like... <laughs> Yeah. Absolutely savage technique. Like te- yeah. tremolo for me was my nemesis in my undergrad. So it was that's, like, I that's one of the things so that bad. now my level is not your level, but it was one of the things that just sort of felt natural for me. It does for and some I people. Think some, some people some just people have it a good... does right. It kind of feels yeah. like yes. not so hard. Um, for sure, I see that. In, yeah, I've some seen people that. just same thing. But with I think people. yeah, it's just like almost like a nervous twitch thing. Like that just sort of works. <laughs> yeah, I, I've definitely seen like some people just have like a natural like john williams the other one yeah whoever he is yeah yeah uh, yeah he's i mean i just i've heard well i don't know if i've I've heard but i I think just i mean his technique his his tremolo is just sounds so so even and like oh yeah i don't know there's some some players it's just like the tremolo is perfect but Mm -hmm. i feel i feel like i to get a good tremolo i have to put in like so much metronome work and just all these tricks of, of like, yeah. and then I, I'll get it and then it's fine. It's like, okay, I've got the technique. And then I play the piece and whatever. And then I come back to another tremolo piece, you know, a couple of months later, a year later, and it's like, I'm learning the technique again. So I don't know. So this is something I actually, I don't think I've ever asked you, Adam, but um, I'm going to point this to John. Uh, do you study other players? Other classical players? Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. I, I mean, um, do you ever go like, oh man, that's totally like a Barwaker thing, and that's totally like a John Williams thing, or that's an Isbin thing, or that's a this thing, or do you have any like, have you gone that deep into any players really, especially well, ones you haven't studied with? Let's say ones you haven't studied with. Yeah, well, mostly I, I'll, I'll just, is it something they're doing? Like, is it a, right. they, a them thing? It's like if they, you know, if I see a player um, uh, who 
who is just like you know doing something really impressive and it's just like oh that's interesting or if i see them doing something new or, or um yeah, yeah I, I i i i watch a lot of players and and um i've definitely like picked up picked up various techniques or or, or just musical ideas and you know, musical ideas you know sometimes you i'll steal one i'll be like oh that's pretty cool i might do yeah, that right. piece yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, um yeah, yeah. Uh, Was it no. smart people borrow geniuses steal or something like that? Yeah, who said that? Yeah. Uh, that's something like that. Or I thought it was a uh, good artist borrow, great artist steal or something. Yeah, yeah maybe that's it. Yeah. And that's something that uh, you know Steve kind of mentioned uh, in the previous interview we did with him. Is he was just like you know nowadays you can when he was studying it was like you got the piece and you kind of learned it and then you drove wherever you could to see a concert of somebody playing it to kind of see what they were doing. And then and scour, now, scour the library, hoping yeah, you could find some recording of it somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> and now you just go type it in, and you're going to get a thousand different players playing the same thing, and their additions to it. And there's so much information; it's fantastic. Yeah. Know? Well, how do I figure this? Uh, oh, okay. So let's see what these guys do. Um, and especially like, um, like I, I've been looking at the Violobos A22 that are a big arpeggio one, and like Ooh. there's. So many different players take so many different ways to play the arpeggios. It's like, totally. I always just figured it was this, you know, and like it's, and you know, some of it's like, man, that's making it a lot more difficult for my hands, or the, the, and but wow, this other shift, why didn't I think of that? Yeah, yeah, totally. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a brutal piece, but uh, and it's a one, great study. One thing I do, I don't do is I generally don't rely like whatever edition. I'm, I generally don't. I, I I make my own fingerings, uh, like for pieces if they include the finger. I generally I'm just kind of like, you know, I'll give it a shot. But generally, it's like it's certain things I've learned that just work for me, and and, and yeah. like my fingers prefer certain things. But um, but yeah, I definitely if, if I see someone doing something, it's like oh, that's very like I haven't thought of that. And like, um, yeah. Like that, that's one of my chief complaints with getting an edition of anything is that it's already marked up and it's such a habit as a guitarist that, you, you know, when you're studying those scores, you, you look at and it's automatic. You just, oh, that's the first finger there. That's what they want. And so you, you mm -hmm. follow the score and muscle memory is a, a fickle thing. You do it once and it's tough to unwind it. So I'd always love to get a piece that has their fingerings to refer to later on and then something just blank. Just mm -hmm. here's your notes. You, you can could just do whatever you want. white out, right? Especially when it comes to something like Bach, because everyone has their own, like, everyone is so sensitive about, about the way to, that they all have their own way of playing Bach, and it's like, I don't know, I, I've kind of just, yeah, I, I just come up with my own, my own sort of uh, fingerings, and so that's so the big thing, I'm always, like, I teach a group guitar class, and, 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 uh, it's 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 for a lot of like non-music majors and just people it's like general group at this at, at the university um and some of them have some experience background in guitar and, and love it. doing the reading music i'm like listen the benefits of reading music are like compared to tablature because in tablature you're just you know relying on whoever did it you know and, and when you actually you know know the notes and the fretboard and, and you know yeah it doesn't the Still doesn't win them over, but <laughs> I often say luck, it's yeah. like that's if it's individualized lessons. I'm like, the first oh yeah, for individual. That's like you're oh, you are reading. It doesn't matter. We're not using tab. This is all. Yeah. that's what you're getting. Uh, and I, my often my argument is like I've never had a, a student regret learning to read music. Yeah, yeah. 
you know, it might be painful to them and it might be super slow, but once they get into it, the understanding that you get of how things function together, totally. how the guitar works is just like, it opens a huge door that never would have been there if you yeah. would have known that, oh, I can play this note in seven different spots on the guitar, or six. But, yeah, it's you know, and it's, it's also, not even hard, right? It's not hard to yeah, do it. It's, it's just really tedious. Not it's just tedious. It's, yeah, first. it's just... I think it's more of the, I'm, like, usually it's teenagers and above when it comes to reading music. It's like you're, you have a fight on your hands. They're going to try to push back and get away with get, not reading music. Because they just want to play. They just want to. Yeah, they just want to yeah. play the thing. You know, yeah. for my young students, it's like day one. Yes, it, for and sure. Like Four weeks, they, they know the entire first position, you know, and it's like, okay, great. You know, and that, that to me is like, excellent, I have another one. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's thinking in music rather than tab. I actually had a lesson with a student, and they were like, what are these numbers underneath? Because the addition had, like, the tablets underneath. I'm like, don't worry about the numbers. <laughs> yeah. They don't exist. Just, just black them out. Don't do whatever you do. Don't, don't look at this. Look at this. Yeah. I, I can barely read tablature myself. I, honestly, like, uh... <laughs> That's a, a, that was a sign to me that I finally arrived in the music reading thing because I didn't really start that till my undergrad. Yeah. Uh, like I had a cursory understanding of it and I was super slow, but I didn't live in that. And after like, you know, X amount of years of doing it, and I went and I'm like, I actually prefer to like if there was music in tab, I'm reading the music rather than. Oh yeah, I, I, I can generally. I, I guess it's because <laughs> I was. Always, oh, got an echo there. No. Uh, because I. Uh, because I started so young, so maybe it's I am like exact. But like, when I look at tab, it's like oh, what, what ten? Like what? What is? You know, it, it takes me for so slow. So, you know. Well, like you said, it's but like, I think it, it limits it, you too, right? It's like the options. You're like, well, I wouldn't yeah. play the A there. I would have played it here instead, and yeah. I, I think guitar is a very difficult instrument to read from it because the fact Certainly. that you can play the same note, like it's, you know, on a piano, you can play the there's one note. What, you know, a note, there's one place on the piano you can play that note. And I think, like, you know, guitar, it freaks people out, the concept that you can play like this, you know. But that's what makes the guitar so versatile, I think. And you can take advantage of all the different colors that you might get on the different strings. And, um, yeah, I don't know how we got on that. I guess we were talking about taking things, like, I'll learn that coming up with fingers, yeah. But. On that note, since you we're talking about tablature, and I don't mean to knock electric guitar, but you did no. buy an electric guitar. Like, yeah, yeah. This is your first electric guitar ever. Yeah, yeah. So <laughs> my my never had an electric. That's that kudos, but that's pretty um uh, that's pretty it's wild. Way cooler, my, isn't it? No, I'm just gonna... <laughs> my 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 class like taught because they were all like one of the things we did because it's a general like when you have a group class, it's it's a very it's like you have people who have never touched a guitar before, and then you have people who, you know, they can come in and they can, you know, play some chords and, and, and but of course it's not, so one of the things I did is like, okay, we're going to do finger picking just because it's probably the more, you know, versatile and, and just do some music, some note reading, but they, they like talk me into getting, it was kind of a compromise. It was like, okay, I'll, you know, you guys like do this and at the end of the year, like I'll get an electric, I'm having like way too much fun with this American <laughs> Telecaster uh, Very nice. professional. It's, uh, so, you know what I'm loving is just like the pick. It's like, I'm loving like just watching all these things, like learning this new, this new technique and then like, like really having to, uh, you know, I mentioned earlier, it's like I have this whole thing that's like been how to practice is, is one of the things I think I've learned. So it's like, yeah. And now I'm just trying to apply that. Like I know, 
the things that you know the tension and stuff I should be avoiding. But it's it's, it's just it's really fun to like learn this new technique. And it's just so fun to play like fast. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> also, this is like. I might be retiring from classical soon. I don't know. It's, uh... <laughs> it is a lot of fun. Well, if you haven't stood in front of like a big amp that's loud so, on yeah. a stage and like with a drummer, like the whole like feel of it when it's like the I had it all shaking, <laughs> like all that stuff is just, it's glorious just to go. I love, and I love uh, jazz too. Like yeah, yeah. jazz is so, uh, like I would, I mean, it's so complicated. I mean, just to be able to, to, I feel like jazz jazz players like know their harmony and stuff, you know, so much better awesome. than Certainly, the average yeah, classical. Yeah, just in general, yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, was, I found that interesting in music school. Um, actually, guitar, well, especially jazz guitar players and jazz pianists in in any of those classes, like any harmony, any like theory classes, like generally, even like the advanced classes aren't very difficult, really, because you're yeah. like, well, you're just using that stuff anyway. Like we're just well yeah, versed yeah. in doing it and good voice leading and all these kind of things it's just because that's yeah. the bread and butter of what we do really right um it's kind of yeah kind of funny that way yeah but it's 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 like it uh, yeah so the technical thing is like i'm just having a blast just like using a pick and just like you know using an app and, but but yeah. I, I would love to get into into jazz but it, it, it's it's um yeah, it's a whole different world. On oh, the picks too, like it's, um, probably it's hard. different picks and different places you play. Oh, yeah. It's like with your nails, right? It's like there's all kinds of different colors with the guitar, and then now you got tone knobs and all these kind of things so, to play with. And yeah, the pick like this, it's like the pedals and like this oh, yeah, whole. That's a whole I'm getting world, like yeah. it's like a rabbit hole. Oh yeah. Really, yeah. So what, I, like, even amps, like, right now I'm just, like, borrowing this tiny little, like, squire. The problem is I live in a city, so, like, I can't, like... Sure. With a, it's hard. Uh, what, what do you think of uh, the these... Um, have you heard of, like, the wall... They're, like, these um, plug-in things, but they, they're... They, they they go into the see you can tell oh, I, know, I have no idea okay. what I'm, I'm talking about. I want to make sure I know what you're talking about. I think I know what you're the talking idio, about. The uh, idio... Hold on. Let me... Pull it like up. modeling I, and stuff is that what you're thinking of yeah i think so it's like emulating the yeah, emulating amp. different types of amps and stuff and there's one um the yeah one so are those like is that a a, a good so there's like axe axe effects and like neural dsp and yes yeah, so that's right yeah yeah, okay. yeah. that uh, one's like pretty... adam and i've gone back and forth on this and i yeah. think <laughs> i have the upper hand on this one so. i actually i have a lot of these modeling things and they're really nice like in that you can use them and they're kind of quick and they sound pretty good, but I just I just put a record out and it was, um, I actually recorded it with modeling initially, and it's like a heavy record too. So this is even though I play jazz, I grew up on metal, and all this stuff too. So this is like a heavy like metal meets Zappa meets jazz kind of record thing. Okay. So I recorded all these guitars with modeling. And like I, I tried to mix it, and like it was just sucked. Like I couldn't get it to do what I wanted to. And then I like crappily miked. Um, I have more amps over here. Oh, um, wow. You know, with like a junky mic too. Like I didn't even like try to like place the mic right or whatever with an amp. And like just recorded one part of one of these songs, and it instantly like added this three dimensional thing to the sound that wasn't there before. And then I, so I ended up re-recording every guitar, um, and every bass part and everything with real amps. 
Um, I think it makes a big difference, honestly. I, I think uh, having a real might, amp. Yeah, I mean, I think as far as yeah. practice and just sort of getting something like draft quality down, and even so, make a recommendation. So, so like, well, it depends what you want to play. Like, yeah, everyone's like, people are saying like in my they're they're saying like box AC fifteen or like a Fender. It's like I don't, yeah, right. I'm so tube like, amps in general. There's a certain quality about yeah. them that people like, um, including me. But I also, I mean, these two amps right here are both solid state amps. How do but, I sound like the solo from Hotel California? <laughs> well, probably a really <laughs> loud a, amp yeah. cranked. Yeah, yeah. Tube. Yep, <laughs> with tubes. Okay. Um, but yeah, I mean that that can you mimic it like with modeling or something? You can get pretty close that your normal mm. person would never know the difference. So I guess it just depends how far down yeah. the rabbit hole you want to go. And that's what I'm wondering, yeah, because it's always going to be like just a, a side thing, but uh, yeah, yeah I mean, that, I, I do maybe think just like, like what I love is that I can practice at night, and my my girlfriend, you know, because yeah, like, right, I, right, I'm a late night practicer. And, and see, you learn like it's kind of like um, it's kind of like a concert hall, like in a sense, like how does the guitar sound in a certain spot on the stage versus the room, and when there are people's there. So the same thing happens kind of with amps. It's like the amp you buy, you have to learn how to play the amp. So okay. they they don't all respond the same. Some are a little bit slower, some a little quicker. Some have these certain qualities when you hit a certain note a certain way that it makes it blossom in a certain way. You sort of have to learn the amp like you would learn a guitar. It's almost like the electric guitar is not just the guitar. It's the guitar and the amp. Yeah, so, so they that's were the saying that like, that's the, the real amp is instrument. more... Yeah. The amp is more important almost than the guitar. Yeah. And something. I, I would definitely say the amp's more important really for most of it. Um, when you're yeah. playing like jazz, big body, I think there's a difference. I mean, there's yeah. certainly a difference in each one of the guitars. Um, they All my guitars sound differently. But... Uh, then, then I, it's like I go into it thinking like, oh my, yeah. like electric guitars they're so cheap compared to classical like yeah. this is great but then i, <laughs> well, then nice. I figure out the rabbit hole you can go down and it's like, well even yeah to get a quality guitar and a quality amp i mean you're going to spend as much as a at least an entry level professional level classical guitar right like the five yeah. six grand you could easily spend yeah um to get something nice you know nice what have i done <laughs> but <laughs> the nice thing is you can get you know there's plenty of players that play something cheap and have relatively cheap amps, and it sound great. I mean, you could make it yeah. sound great, just like you could probably. I'm sure if we gave you a $300 Yamaha classical guitar, like it would probably sound awesome for the most part for all of us. Um, you might yeah. not be comfortable, but you could make it sound good. I'm certain. I want to get one of those uh, Yamaha silent guitar, just yeah. so yeah. practice. Because again, it's actually a big problem. It's I'm in this like small apartment. It's just so do you have a practice guitar that, instead of like your stage guitar? No, I no, I just need it to be quiet because yeah. like my you know my girlfriend like sleeps at no, like normal people. Right, <laughs> and you're like I'm a musician. Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly. Like, late night? You mean yeah. normal? Yeah. <laughs> that's the way. Trust me, if I didn't have kids, I'd totally be doing the practice. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the whole, 10 p.m. Yeah. till four o'clock in the morning. That's what I did when I was in school. That yeah. was my normal practice routine. It's like I. You know, I'd sleep for a couple hours, go to the theory class, you know, dog tired, like just wishing for the sweet release of death. So, and so then, you could go back and take a nap. <laughs> yeah. And then I would come back and take a nap and go back at noon and like be okay for the day. And then Same. practicing at 10 p.m. and just go till, you know, four or so and repeat. 
type of thing. Yeah. It was just, I was just wired that way. It was just the silence of night made it so that I was focused. Something about I think it's because like you don't yeah. want to be out. You don't want to be stuck in a practice room during the day all day. And it's like I like doing my practice. At, 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 yeah. Now I don't uh, have a choice. I practice during the day, and maybe now I just yeah, I'm kind of so. practicing constantly for the next. Uh, but but anyway, yeah. So like that's it's uh it's definitely like um. I'm having a little too much fun because I have some concerts coming up and like bad timing. <laughs> you, you know what's yeah. funny though? I, I think uh, everything that I've learned that wasn't guitar always helps me. Like I picked up violin and viola, I don't know, like five years ago now. And okay. like there's so much I've learned from that experience that I could directly apply to totally, guitar. Yeah. You know, and the same thing, like Adam gave me some Bach pieces and I started doing them, you know, and like, um, like all that stuff always helps you or work on piano right if i work on piano for a long time it directly improves my guitar playing yeah there's, yeah um, there's so many similar it's just like a lot of you, you're just learning to like a lot of the times just to like to control tension and that like right. applies to all you know instruments and yeah and you hear you hear something and you're like oh huh yeah and then like you can like some it, it connects all these dots in a really interesting yeah, way yeah yeah what was it even sean lane i watched an interview with him recently uh, who is like a phenomenal fusion jazz guy. It, 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 just check it. Look him up. Sean Lane, he'll blow your mind. And he, in this interview, he was saying that, honestly, I barely practice guitar. I just practice piano. He's like, the more I practice piano, the better I get a guitar. And this guy like rips. He's unbelievable. And I'm like, yeah. son of a bitch. <laughs> like, yeah. So, I mean, some, some people are like, like some people. Yeah. Yeah. It's just, it, Part of, and you know, for myself, when I was in school and we had these piano classes, I, I would, would injure my fingers from playing piano and having to go to guitar. But maybe that was more of a tension thing, which definitely it was. I mean, that's one of the things that I've kicked well, out. It's because you had nails. You had to, yeah. like, you yeah, know, do, do like, some. What's that yeah. clicking? I think it Maybe. mostly was whining on Adam's part. <laughs> oh, yeah, totally. <laughs> I was totally a whiner. I'm not going to leave me that. If you're teaching me this as an instrument that harmonizes, I'm on an instrument that harmonizes. Like, mm. I, I can do chord and melody accompaniment on a guitar all the time without a problem. Why am I here? So It's no tablature. <laughs> <laughs> How do you tap on this? Oh, wait, it's all tapping. Never mind. Yeah, exactly. Where's the harmonics? <laughs> I want to palm mute. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Oh. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, it, the the electric guitar thing is, is a, I mean, I got two of them right over there, and yeah. uh, you know, it's, I I knew nothing about them. I was I just it just looked cool, so I was like, they, I was like, they they told me what to get, and then, then I started reading like on and you know. Oh yeah, I mean, you can go down and get to see electric guitars, uh, without a, it, it, they're they're all over the place. You know, it's, yeah, it, you can spend eight to ten on an electric. Uh, I would, I would spend, I would, yeah. But that, you know, because I want another. I just want more guitars. It's yeah, like, sure. can, <laughs> Well, what is it? The psychopaths only have one guitar. And yeah, the guitar has five. You know, and no. the TPS has like thirty. There's never of, enough. That's <laughs> not. Yeah. One guitar. That that guy's a. So psycho. it's funny. I, I'm having an arch top built right now, and like today, I was looking at like, oh, I really need to get. <laughs> I'm like looking at other guitars as this other guitar is getting built. I'm like, I need to get yeah, something else. Yeah, no, totally. It's a disease. Or I, I, the, the day my Telecaster arrived, I was like already looking at strats, and I was like, oh, that's cool. I, I took my daughter's, uh, she was playing violin, and I took it back because she's now playing clarinet. So we, And then it's like the music store. I'm like, oh, looking at amps. I'm like, oh, maybe I could get another amp. 
they didn't yeah, have they didn't much. have anything I wanted really, but um, yeah, that's, I was like re- I was prepared. I was like, all right, if there's something for like seven eight hundred, I might just do it. <laughs> yeah. I've, I've been looking it's a at the one uh, I was at this place in Florida called Jerry's Left Handed Guitars. It's like one of like five stores in the nation. It's on nothing but lefties, and Tim's left handed as well. So, and we play, oh. and so like we're stuck like that. So that's the other thing that we got going for us. So you know, it's the first time I've ever walked into a music store and been able to play something off the shelf. Like that was a decent instrument. Do you play left handed? Yeah. Yep. You play guitar left handed? Yep. I've never. Hey, you didn't notice, so I got to be doing something right. But yeah, I, I mean that's. Uh, oh. He. Wow. So, it. Uh, it just shows yeah, how much so he paid. Well, I guess I haven't heard you. I, I <laughs> haven't. Yeah, it's been a long time. <laughs> been a long time. Oh, yeah. Wow. So, but yeah. So I. Uh, but I've always thought it is, is one hand. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. No. What were you gonna say? Well, uh, it's. I've always thought like, what's the harder hand? I guess it would be. Like the, the the picking hand is the one that you would want to be. Yeah, I think dominant. there's there's a, there's a whole thing so about hard. um like when you if you stir a pot, like there's certain motor skills for certain things that we do, and so that like something like stirring a pot, like we I'm I'm sure Adam does too, like stir left-handed, which is more mm. akin to that motion too mm. of strumming or something, right? Or and then uh, writing, right? You like if you write with your left hand even just the fact you, that yeah you, no, you've used so like, many oh, no, like no. little motor skills right to work on those really similar sort of hand yeah. movements especially with a pick right because a pick yeah. is very much like yes. writing right so there's a there's some advantages uh, yeah. mostly stubbornness helps too you just <laughs> yeah <laughs> when you yeah. start when i started the guy was like i picked up the guitar and i tried it the, the correct way and i was like oh this feels so weird and i flipped it over i'm like oh i like this a lot more it's like oh yeah. all right i'll flip the strings for you and that started it you know it was like if i had to sit there and uh what's the way to put it uh, learn it the correct way i don't know how motivated i would have been but yeah more comfortable the other way that just the rest yeah. is history i guess i guess the right hand has less margin for error too like it has to be uh very um just i don't know it, yeah, I, no, that, that makes sense. It, it's just um, that, so. Anyways, as I was saying, I walked into this store that was nothing but lead and guitars, and I'm like, "Oh, this is what all these other people have been talking about. They can actually like go and go. I'm gonna try this guitar and play it. You know, with me and be like, that's nice. I just need the strings, and I'm gonna leave. So that's so funny. I spent like four and a half hours in the store trying all these guitars because I could finally play them. You know, it's like now I get those kids that used to come in the guitar center and sit there for hours. It's like, oh yeah, you can do that. This is cool. So it's, it's funny uh, because like it's such, a, it's such a niche. Uh, like like I feel like most music stores are like just trying to stay in business, and it's like right. but they cater just like that. Oh yeah, so. well that, that's well a thing when there's only here. five of them or whatever. Or yeah, like three. Yeah. Really. Yeah. And there you have like a dedicated base of players that are lefty, and yeah. you're one of the only places that they can get those. That's true. Yeah. It's like well, I was there. He sold like twenty thousand dollars worth of instruments Jeez. like over yeah. the phone. You know, it, uh, it's like I almost walked out with a Paul Reed Smith. Like I was ready to, you know, potentially be getting an apartment because my wife would have killed me. But there is like a Paul Reed Smith wood library that I like. That is the one guitar that got away from me that I had and I sold. And I'm like, I'm going to get another one one of these days. And he had it on the thing and I picked it up and I was playing on that thing. And I was like, 
how much? And he's like, that's actually on layaway. Somebody already bought it. Uh, like, that's good for everybody right now. It's good for my marriage. It's good for uh, I'm like, that's great, because I probably would have just walked out to my car and been like, I'm going to get in a lot of trouble, but I don't care. Yeah. So, John, what are you playing? What's what's your main act? Yeah. Then? What are, what, I'm playing, I, I actually basically play equally amounts on two guitars. I have a Martin Blackwell, uh, who's a Canadian luthier, and a Greg Byers. Okay, so you um, kept the Byers. Yeah, I still have the buyers. Didn't you get that redone? Like, yeah, I did. Yes, yeah. This guy did this amazing uh, Ramon's eyes. Sorry, my cat's mad at me. It's all good. Yeah, just beautifully restored. I mean, it, I, it had a few cracks because I'm hard on my guitars. Like, I know people. Some people have their guitars in. It's like, I don't know, Jason. I think Jason's the same way. Like, I see his guitar and it's just like. I beat guitars up. I, yeah, you know, just, yeah, he, it, it looked like completely. It was amazing. Um, oh, his looked brand new. <laughs> no, no, it's just the, the this guy did a restoration on oh, it, I see and, and it was like just amazing. But I remember you didn't have that when you recorded. You got that shortly. I got after. it probably right after. Yeah, it was like shortly after you got that yeah. guitar, and uh, I remember seeing you with it then, and then I saw like a like. Obviously, this was probably years ago. The Facebook post of like the before and the after with that virus because it's like all the nail it? dings and scratches on the front, the finish, the, yeah, yeah, the finish patches that are worn out from you know your arm and a, that big crack that I don't know if you, I, I probably didn't post it. There was a uh, a huge crack. Uh, that's why I ultimately took it in. Uh, where was uh, the crack? It was on the sound. A music, one of these those metal music stands fell. Uh, like just it, oh, it, it was terrible. And, he it was just amazing the work he did. Wow. Um, yeah, that's that's a nightmare. I remember uh, one of the teachers that I had at Youngstown. Um, he was saying that right before, literally right before his master's recital, he had a Humphrey, and he does all the warm up. He puts the guitar in the case, but he leaves the case open, and he grabs his footstool and he went to walk and he like tripped and threw the oh. footstool. Boom! Right in the top of the guitar, like right through the top type of thing and like it was like a half hour before his recital and he's like i went out and i played it you know <laughs> he's like if the recital went fine but um it's like you know it's like oh my god like if all things that would take the edge off of having to play it's like i got another problem to worry about yeah. this guitar yeah. with a new hole in it but he got it fixed and it was like totally fine afterwards but that that guy i might because uh, i've been thinking of i have a tailor that I bought in 96, so it's like 25 years old, something like that, if my math is right, or 20, yeah, something like that. Um, anyway, so I would love to have it back in the original condition, like just like refinished, and it's got, it's, that is beat to hell. <laughs> like that. I didn't, yeah, I mean, I didn't know they could, like, I, I didn't know they could restore guitar, like, I don't know how he got rid of all the, things and i mean it's it's just amazing so yeah what was the turnaround time on that he did it in like a month or something i mean he he i mean he went like above and beyond he kind of like even like repolished the tuners and you know it was like um i i can't remember actually um no less than a month it was a few weeks but you know yeah i i, I it's always amazing to me how they can a good uh Repair how they can fix the cracks so that you can almost like you can't even see him. You can't even see him oh, yeah. if you have someone who knows what they're doing. It's really amazing. Um, There's a guy on YouTube, uh, Tom Ford. Uh, he's a Canadian 
uh, repair guy, and he, like, you can watch his videos, and he just, like, the work that he does on some of these guitars, it's like, just get another instrument, put that thing out of its misery, for the love of God. You know, he's, yeah. like, taking the neck off and shaving it down, and it's like, whew, that's a, that's like an old harmony guitar, you know, like, yeah. maybe there's a lot of sentimental value, but you're spending $3,000 in repairs to get this thing to play again, you know, when it was $50 new, but whatever, that that's always fascinating to see how much detail work those guys yeah. really know what they're doing totally. like, like oh yeah i have this all these different wood dusts for if there's a crack you know i'll fix the crack and then i'll put this particular wood dust that matches that you know if it's a spruce top as spruce dust and i put it and there. you have to be like really looking just to yeah. just to, to like just match it it's like holy cow it, it's yeah. it's it's cool i mean that's that's great but you can tell that he's been doing it forever and that's all that he does is repair guitars to the nth degree that's like that, uh, classical guitars. It's like they they don't have uh, electric guitars. Electric guitars like they they'll just last forever, right? It's just like pretty much. Yeah, yeah. depends so, what it is, but yeah, like yeah. A, like a telly will last forever, pretty much. Yeah, yeah. yeah. In general, I don't. I the life, you know, they don't last. I don't know what the what the what the average so classical do, guitar. But do they, classical they, guitars not get better over time? They do, but it's they, about your peak. Yeah, yeah. And it depends on how, you know, the condition, how you play. And, and So no one's seeking out, like, a 1940s whatever? Oh, no, I mean, there are some, like, some, uh, yeah, some luthiers, um, you know, like Torres and, like, yeah. some really uh, expensive. Weren't you, know, you just that? Uh, what was that? Guitar DSI, guitar? yeah, Guitar Salon. Um, and he, that's where, like, that's where they have some of those, like, very. But th those but are like collectors. Is anyone performing with them or no? They don't. You know how, like, sometimes the Stradivari, right? Like, somebody owns those violins, but they'll effectively loan them to a high-level player, so that it actually gets played. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, I don't, I don't know. I think they're more collector. Yeah. Uh, it's curious. Uh, and people for use them for you know special recordings, but in general, like I don't like violins will last. Like you know, some of the kids at Curtis would be playing. They have two hundred year old violin. <laughs> yeah, two and three hundred year old violin, and like you think guitar classical guitars are expensive. Like then you see what the <laughs> yeah, instruments. Yeah, are, yeah. that's what the, the old joke. Is. A, it's interesting. Well, like I know I've seen like those old Martins and stuff from like their, their early twenty like twenties thirties. Yeah, I mean they're pretty. Yeah, so I only know classical and people play them yeah and put them on recordings and stuff but yeah i don't know it's interesting did they contain do they have the same um internal structure yeah I, I, i'm not sure yeah. do the well but this, they, they 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 keep the same um sound sound quality it's i don't know I, th I think they do like a lot of those have to get restored right so then yeah, totally if it gets restored how much of it what's that what's that yeah, riddle exactly. right it's like if you start replacing pieces of it then is it still the original guitar it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like for me, the buyers is my buyers. It's like it is like sentimental at this point. Like I, I feel like I could never, especially because you know he's he's not doing it as much these days. And, and yeah. Um, but I do want I, I do want a new guitar. I have to say a new classical. Like yeah, I, uh, always. So what are you looking for? Do you have anything particular? Is there something you've learned, or just want something new? Yeah. <laughs> just want something new, honestly. Like, <laughs> now, would you go shorter scale or keep it at the six fifty? Are you playing at? now keep it 650 yeah i'm so, uh, i'm so used to it um i mostly yeah i i don't know it's like i play you know you know how it is you have a guitar i love my guitars but then sometimes then you just play someone else's and you're like oh this is like yeah, nice. right. i didn't oh yeah, yeah. what's that 
Unfortunately for us, left-handed very, people, Yeah. It's not like I just have, like, 20K lying around. To, to, <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah. So, well, is it, Jason's got Wagner's, uh, right? Yes. Yeah, he plays Wagner's. Um, and Steve got one of those. Uh, and that those are, like... like I, I th- That was one thing that me and Tim were discussing in another episode. Is like, you get to a certain point of your investment where it takes so much more money to squeeze out a couple more percentage of and, boost in a guitar... That it's almost, it's like, do I really want to drop twenty five thousand to get a five percent boost? And it's probably volume? not even that. It's like and, and, and like diamonds are, are, are forty thousand. Yeah. These days, like guitar and classical guitar, the builders are getting better and better and better, and they're they're cheaper and che- it's like it's kind of actually like it's amazing all these up and coming luthiers like um, really there used to be like this you know the double top was like a, a yeah, um was like a, a big thing like that was like a dominant wagner did and, and now it's like so many guys are doing it and like you, you can get these incredible guitars for like um affordable like 10k right. yeah, i have a song, <laughs> like eastman does double tops now do you know that and oh yeah big electric guitar no no, no like they make you know, everything like, really yeah. yeah oh yeah well they yeah, yeah they started as a violin maker Oh. And then they got into, and like things like bass and cello, like, and then they started making guitars. Um, yeah, I. But anyway, I they make it's... double top acoustics now. So you, even then, for like a thousand bucks, you know, like fifteen hundred bucks or something. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's because the the history of the guitar is not like that of the so it's, yeah. you know, there there's there's a lot of um, like innovation still happening in in the and and sure. And that that's what it's. Uh, I like that. I like the the pushing forward of the guitar as an instrument. You know, it's like you mm-hmm. have your basic six strings, and then what else can you do to make that better? You know, electric guitar. You know, it uh, used to be Gibson and Fender, and that was it. You know, and they had their model, perspective models. And then as time went on, like we're looking at it now, and there's so many different takes on the electric guitar. You know, it's like I got my headless eight string sitting there for death metal type of things that I like to listen to and play mm-hmm. along with just because I like to get angry. And it's great to see the transformation of the body shape to get more ergonomic. Like that was my big thing with it. It's like that thing, you set it in your lap and it sits like a classical, like automatically, boom, next up, and it sits right in your lap. Awesome. I love it. You know, um, well, hang on, let me grab it just to show. Careful, I'll start pulling out my telly. (laughs) Say, where's mine? That's the, uh, this is it right here. Oh wow! So it's pretty wild. Oh, that is yeah, it's very cool. And fret, you know. But the thing is, is oh, I've seen yeah, I've seen uh. Well, so what is that? What is that style called? Like, uh, I, I was just watching some videos. Of, yeah, just like headless, the, the headless scale. Yeah, multi scale. Uh, so it's like it's you know it's twenty five and a half inch on the top string and it's twenty seven on the bottom to keep the tension. Where are the tuners on the thing? Uh, right here. Oh. They're like twisty. Thing. Interesting. So, no, that's, that's a sweet looking guitar. And it's like, this is what I'm talking, the balance. You know, I yeah. my other electric guitar and it's it's great. Like this to me was an awesome innovation in the sense of like ergonomics and it, it sits great. But how are you going to do that with a classical? Like what are you, yeah. what, what you going to do to get the classical guitar outside of like the footstool and just like sit in the shape? I mean, I've yeah, well, then they just, they just do they just do supports it's like there's endless supports yeah. because my oh. back is like screwed up from the footstool so oh, it's yeah, like I, I hate the footstool but it's the it's the it feels the most secure um 
but yeah, you can't really do. I think I think it's uh, the classical struggles. Like the innovations are come, come more from like a vol up, a lot of times just volume. Like how do we get it louder? Because we're so it's so uh, such a quiet instrument. But yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, I have seen a few acoustics that have more of a shape like your guitar. Yeah. And I think that could happen in classical. Um, what would be the compromise in sound, or maybe there's no compromise? Um, yeah. What? Who was it? Uh, who's the guy that did the big like? Plays Bach, eight string. Oh, uh, Galbraith. Yeah. Galbraith. Yeah. Galbraith. Right. And he has that whole like cello mechanism thing. Whatever. Yeah. Straight up. And yeah. I want an eight string or a seven string too. Don't get me started. Oh, oh dude, eight strings. Let me tell you. Is seven enough? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. <laughs> I don't know. I used to, I used to have a nine, but I got rid of it. Yeah, um, actually, old. I have a couple sevens, but I've mostly see. I'm going the other direction as Adam. I'm like moving towards more acousticy electrics. And then another thing too is like I have my dad's old Gretsch guitar, and it's like from '60s. But the so one of the problems with like current manufacturers is no old wood. Like, so the old wood's gone, and now few select luthiers and whatever, like, when they find, like, old wood and somebody never used or something, yeah. they, like, jump, they, like, they're all fighting for it, yeah. because mm -hmm. it just doesn't sound Brazilian as good. rosewood. So there's, like, yeah. there's a big, like, there's a big difference in the wood that's used in my dad's Gretsch guitar than any of my other guitars, you know? And it might not be ergonomic or whatever, but it has a sound and a vibe, totally. right, that you can't. Like I would yeah. take that in a sense over the other stuff, even if it's not as easy to play, right? Like, it's the sort of these compromises. So you're talking about even in electric electric guitars? Yeah, even or, electric. Or, yeah. Even oh, electric. interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's happening in classical too. Like Brazilian rosewood is like right. it's getting harder and harder to find because it, it's it's so it's like the only the only new guitars made with it are from private like for people who have the. Um, yeah, the stock. And it used to be like the stamp, like you know. Yeah, it used to be common. I mean, I actually have. Uh, I have my Thames and yeah. the Barnett is a Brazilian rosewood. I got this. Yeah, but my buyers is too. Yeah, but. and it's like I don't know. Like I guess it, it it was typical, but you know, then they started getting into all these other tone woods. So I'm like, I think it was more of a mystique type of thing. I don't. I mean, you wonder I, how I much of it's like nostalgia, right? And yeah, uh, exactly. You know. Yeah, that's true. You know, it is, it, is it really because it sounds better? Is it just because it's hard to get now? Yeah, right? yeah exactly. Yeah. And then, you know, you look at it like, you know, I'm in the camp of, I don't really care what, what it is if it sounds fantastic. Totally, yeah. No, I'm, I'm the same. Whatever. You know, it's like, that was the maple that fell out in my backyard. But it sounds great, so who cares? Yeah. Um, that, Although I never really played a maple guitar that I like, but I... <laughs> I no, I'll, I'll give it for a, a classical, yeah, I kind of am in the I'm in the same... I haven't for flamenco, I think they play a little bit. Yeah. Um, it's just, I, yeah, way too bright, but uh, <laughs> that's me. <laughs> no, what's interesting though is that, like in the jazz archtop world, it's predominantly maple, right, Tim? Yeah, the the archtops are generally maple. Oh. The, uh, the body and the the carve. A lot of that's a, it's a strength issue. Oh, okay. Yeah, and, generally in classical, it's like spruce or cedar, and yeah. I used to be like a cedar guy. I, I don't know. I'm just like, do you have a preference? Adam, or, or... I've, I've always been spruce. Always. Oh, okay. I, I just, and it's not like I dislike cedar in the. In no, the, it's just you. Everyone has their. Yeah. Happens to work for me. Like I, and also you have to figure, 
you know, and this is the one thing that me and Tim are saying, we have a limited selection of what we can get our hands on and actually really give it a tryout. Mm-hmm. Like when right. I bought the Thames, I basically did it from everybody else's I was hearing. You know, it's like I'm not going to be able to pick it up and play it effectively playing a piece that I know because it's all upside down. Like it's, it's like, okay. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure about it. Um, so that was like my limitation and it ended up working out great. You know, it, it's a phenomenal guitar. But, uh, it's always the risk, though, in, or, in, yeah. in ordering custom guitars. And that it's it's always I get that students from or question from serious students is like, what do I want to do for a guitar? I'm like, well, how much do you want to spend? And if they're saying like three to four thousand, I'm like, okay, now that's now you want to take a look at potentially getting one built because mm-hmm. you know in that price range, you get an early maker like a, a young luthier that's trying to get their name out there. They'll have you could get an incredible instrument that. 15 years from now, the same guy's got a reputation and he's selling it for $25,000, you know, but you got one of his early ones when he's just trying to make a dent and you spent free on it. This, this, uh, this guy I know in Philly, uh, Emiliano, uh, just on, he teaches, he's a guitarist. He's, he studied with Manuel a long time ago, but he teaches, um, I think theory at, at Temple and he, uh, he, He's from Panama, but he goes to Mexico a lot, and he brings back these classical guitars from this the city in Mexico called Paracho, and he brings back these guitars that are the whole in the whole city is like like guitar, but like everyone builds guitars. It's just like this is what I understand. It's just like the tons and tons and tons of luthiers. He brings back these; they are unbelievable for the price, like two thousand dollars, and it's like. Or like sometimes, sometimes less like fifteen hundred. It, they're amazing. It's like I remember uh, uh, guitar building is coming so far. Oh yeah, um, it's great. You know, it's, it's one of the things that it, I remember when I was uh, I was at uh, some can't remember what the camp was. It was a classical guitar camp in uh, Connecticut, and Adam Holzman was there, and he did the same thing. He's like, yeah, he because he was in Texas, and he was like, I'll just drive over the border and go to like this town. You know, it was probably Paracho. Yeah, and it's like you get this incredible guitar for a fraction of the, and I mean he was playing on it. And I was like, that is no, I, I like I, I'm telling you, I played one at two thousand. I would play concerts. It was that it was like blew my mind. So yeah, it, it really does make me question like what I really yeah. no, it, that it doesn't have the same like craftsmanship as like some of the like it, like there's there might be little detail like you know a little but the actual sound like what the what whatever bracing or or construction they're using is like. The sound is just amazing. Was it That's a double awesome. top or was it? Yeah, they're making doubles. Yeah, double tops. <laughs> they ain't no thing now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, I saw who was it? Lukash something. I can't remember his last name. Yeah, yeah. He studied with. Uh, I can, yeah, with, he did. Uh, study, yeah, yeah, with Barwicker, but he had like one that was like a double top, double back, and double sides. Said, Interesting. And that, I mean, it sounded great, but he's like, this thing weighs like a ton. <laughs> it's like, have you ever played a Smallman? Those things weigh like, they have like the, that that they're, they're so heavy. Huh? Yeah. No, I, I've heard of them. So the double tops are. That's what John Williams plays. John Williams plays a, a, a Greg Smallman, and it's like oh. also one of the. But I don't know what kind of construction it has. Like a rounded kind of yeah, back. Or, back. Yeah. Yep. That's what the Barnett that I have has a cello back. And that's interesting. It's a, I, it's one of those things where you know when I I have both these guitars and one of them uh, is my quote unquote teaching guitar and the other one's my con like the Thames never leaves the house unless they have an official concert mm-hmm. and I spend most of my time practicing on that. The Barnett is the one I take to 
in college to teach, and it won't be absolutely devastating. And I'm not knocking the quality. I'm just saying, like, yeah, yeah. financial investment. You know, I'm not going to be absolutely heartbroken if something happens to it. So that's my esteve. Yeah, exactly. It's like, okay, this is you know, if some student is stupid, I'm not going to be like, now I'm totally screwed. It's like, all right, yeah. whatever. It's going to be a pain in the butt, but I'll get something else. Um, but I did this thing at a uh, a church. I played a concert, and I had both of them there. And I was thinking that my Thames was like super loud. And they're like, no, we like we like the Barnett. You know, we, we like that one. And I'm like, really? Like, really? Because it mm. doesn't sound like it's responding that much to me. And it had the sound. It has the sound ports in it. So I don't know whether that's like, you know, I, I know that it's deceptive because you're hearing stuff right away yeah. rather than hearing. The, and with the Thames, there are no sound ports, so it's like I can always hear it coming back in the room. That's how I know that it's like really. Yeah. Yeah, I've always wondered about those sounds because I have played some of them, but I've never. I, and then and, and you do you hear it, but I wonder uh, if it does like influence. I don't know. And it was just one of those things that I was like, "Huh, that's interesting," because I mean I'm playing with like a, a a flutist or whatever, and they're like, "Yeah, we like that one more." And I'm like, mm. "Okay, well then, whatever. That's easy. I'll just bring this one for this gig." But yeah, yeah. But no, I mean. Uh, uh, to tie it all in, yeah, I, I think, uh, like, I do question, like, spending, like, over 20K for a guitar. It's like, I don't know. These days, I don't think, I, I don't think, I just think there's, too, like, way too many amazing yeah. luthiers um, who are up and coming and just building, like, these incredible, like, this new guy, Glenn Cannon. Well, I don't know if he's new. I just, have you heard of Glenn Cannon? No. Uh, a bunch of people know. are playing. Uh, these guitars are so, so good. Um, is it yeah. like uh, like is he did he pioneer any new techniques or is it? Just I think he just makes uh, double tops. I, I know uh, like Jaleel Kaya plays one. Uh, a bunch of people are playing them now. Um, uh, but I contacted him and then he he already has like a two year wait list now. And now the prices have gone up, so it's like I'm always like a little hesitant about buying a guitar, like ordering. It's like. It's 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 fun to customize and everything, but you worry that it, it'll be as consistent. But every one of them I've played is like uh, sounds the same, so I, I think yeah. I would I would yeah. trust it. That's the same thing with buyers. Like I've never played a buyers I didn't like. Mm -hmm. So like there's a few luthier. I think when you know it's a great luthier is when like when you right. when you yeah. it's like everyone that you've played is just like consistently. Like for myself, uh, I would get another Thames. Except yeah. double top, and not that this one's bad, but it's like if, I, I love it and it's great. And he's at a point where consistency is king, you know. Mm -hmm. and that one I think is like number six or five seventy one or something like that, you know. And that was ten years ago, so it's like he's clearly gotten better. He he makes yeah he makes a ton of guitars too. He make, yeah. He, he yeah. He's getting in the he got in the whole double top thing, and he's doing a bunch of CNC stuff with it now. And yeah, it, and so, it's not just that it, like everyone's a lot of people are doing the double tops like. Um, but I was just playing a Redgate, like the the guitar store, the classical guitar store in Philly. They they have a, a Redgate, um, which is, I think is like a... seventeen. Which Anna Vitovic plays those, okay. and it's lattice brace, like like uh, the buyers, and and it's also like incredibly loud. So, um, but it it has, you know, I, I could swear it's a double top, but it's it's a, it's a lattice. So I don't know. It's it's, hmm. um, it's just like it just seems like just in general, it's just they're they're just. Getting better. I just hear they're just sounding so many good guitars. Yeah, I mean that's not, not enough money. Right. So many yeah, exactly. guitars. 
It's like, I, I'm a musician, which means I can't afford that. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I can that. Yeah, all my, some of my students are like, they can buy any, any, just private students who do it as a hobby. It's like they, they could buy like any guitar. And, mm-hmm. Yeah. I know, I used to teach a bunch. I'd, yeah, you'd have I should have just done that. I should have been a... With yeah. a brand new PRS. And then the next week yeah, they yeah. bring in like, oh yeah, I got this uh, 57 <laughs> Les Paul that I bought. It was, I feel like you can't even play an F chord. Yeah. yeah. No, it, it's a hard chord. It, it is. It, it's a bastard. I had a guy that was a farm rep that did that. He was just like, first week it was like a beater guitar. Two weeks later, Gibson Les Paul, like brand spanking new. And we were just like working on back and black type of thing. And I'm like, yeah. man, maybe I should get a day job. <laughs> you know, a little yeah. bit, so I can buy more stuff. But then it would suck because I couldn't dedicate enough time to it. So what would I have? You already yeah, suck, so it doesn't matter. No, I was gonna <laughs> yeah, I, I was waiting on that shot. Sorry. There it is. Nope, it had to be done. It was wide open. Yeah. Somebody had to. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, well, John, we've kept you here a long time. So. Yeah, I, I was just, it just didn't seem like two hours. Um, yeah, it was, it was, this was fun. Interview. Yeah, that was good. Yeah. Good, good. Yeah, yeah. Is there anything you want to mention that you haven't mentioned? or? Um, uh, Enroll it. Enroll it. <laughs> yeah. Send your audition Come tape. Study yeah, exactly. Yeah. Auditions are coming up. Yeah. Um, no, this was a lot of fun. Uh, how long have you guys been doing the, 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 this podcast? About a year. Yeah. Just Very about. cool. So yeah, we we did what thirty six episodes, thirty seven, thirty seven. Season two, Steve. Yeah, Steve. Steve was Steve first. Was the background character for like the first season, like because we had a lot of you know Neil Zaza was a student of his, Tim was a student yeah. of his, me, and then a couple other people that we interviewed like new Steve and stuff like yeah. that. He's been this background see. guy that's kind of the, of course, the, yeah. the guy responsible for all of us. So you know we've been trying to get him on, and we finally got a chance to interview him on Monday. And yeah. that was great, you know, just to kind of catch up. Uh, I can't wait to hear it. And then, uh, so, you know, you, you, we, I re- reached out to you, and we got a, we actually have a couple of luthiers potentially in the cool. pipeline. So hopefully that'll come together. And okay. uh, it's just, honestly, the hardest part is scheduling. You know, yeah. you know when you have... Yeah, because I'm, cra- I'm normally crazy busy. It's just because of... Uh... I'm on break now, so yeah, exactly, and that that's Which means like why we got Steve. It was like, all right, he's got a break, I got a break. You know, normally we usually do this recording this late at night because it's the only time that we have. Yeah. Luckily, so musicians like, are usually up, but yeah, oh uh, yeah, night owls. If we can be, it's a totally default to. Yeah, yeah we we haven't really like I would say we only did maybe what seven interviews of those thirty-seven episodes. Yep. So we're. We know we could do a lot of interviews, probably. Um, yeah. But we've kind of not done that yet, so we're sort of deciding whether we're going to do that or not. I think we're slowly getting better at all this stuff, too, right? It's like anything else. Yeah. 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 Maybe the Joe Rogan of uh, a... <laughs> yeah, that would be nice, you know. We hopefully get sponsored by Knob Creek. That's right. There it is. Throwback. We should open the- up my, my, my podcast with just, like, the Star Wars movie. That's right. <laughs> we got John Williams. John Williams, sorry. John but, Williams yeah. playing John Williams. Yeah, just like like yeah. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, that would be great. You could do an arrangement real quick and send it to us. Well, John Williams did a he he played the Schindler's. John Williams, the guitarist, arranged Schindler's List from the. John I was thinking of of playing John Williams arrangement. Right there you John go. Williams. I actually got. It's funny. I, I was just practicing it today. I got Nikita Koshkin did an arrangement of Schindler's List. Okay. Absolutely amazing! Like, 
I think it's the best one out there. I've heard I went through a bunch of them, and this one is like it. I, it's by far. I mean, it's Koshkin, so he thinks in a way on guitar, which is so bizarre compared to yeah, yeah, yeah. terms of arranging. And it's for like, me, I just. I can only do jaw. I have to play the gimmick, so I have to. That's right. That's right. <laughs> you got, might as well take that. That's that's my money ticket. So that's what I'm going to do. It might it might get you one guitar, you know. Hey, <laughs> made by John Williams. So John, hey, Williams uh, John, do you have a website or anything like that, or do we have a place we can send people to? Or yeah, my website is uh, johnmarcelwilliams.com. Okay. Um, and I I actually have to update it with during COVID. I just all right. Let it go. I let it go, and I have to now update it with some shows. So, uh, thank you for reminding me. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, we'll you put have, that on there. Uh, any yeah. recordings officially released? Not officially released. Um, if you YouTube me, you can find a bunch of recordings through various, you know, uh, uh, iPhones. Uh, you know, just like <laughs> from various channels. But I, I, I will, I will um, be at least. Attempting to, to, to put together like the sort of plan for an album, um, hopefully this year. Um, awesome. Well, keep us in the loop. We'll uh, happily, yeah, yeah, for happily sure. promote it too. Yeah, it's, it's going to be a, a uh, death metal. Uh, <laughs> yeah, of course. By then, by then, get the you've sold those uh, two. Get, the the, 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 yeah, the castles will be gone. It's going to be <laughs> back. It all yeah. padded up and on that. Yeah, thing, yeah, just exactly. Just rings. And just rings like, yeah. Yeah. This is. 17 string guitar is what I really wanted yeah. to do. And it'll be like yeah. punk music too. Like it'll be like no intricacy <laughs> yeah. to it. It'll be great. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Anyway, this was a lot of fun. Yeah. yeah thanks, thanks for coming man. on. We really appreciate it. it Thank great. you so much. It was great seeing you. It's been so long. And it was yeah. nice to meet you. Yeah, yeah, you too. See you around. All right, guys. Have a good Have night, night, John. Bye.